summary of the Sikha. In this week's Parsha, where it talks about the prohibited Shrotzim, crawling, creeping crawlers that you're not allowed to eat. So there is the, the Pasik, there's one Pasik that describes three different types of such crawlers. One is called Hoylechal Gochen, whatever in the simple meaning what it means is it walks on its belly. We'll soon explain it a little more. And anything that walks on four, and anything that has many legs. So Rashi explains that what is Hoylechal Gochen? It means it's referring to the snake. And the reason that it uses the word gochen means that it walks bent low and then it falls on its stomach and it crawls on its stomach. So we know the similarity between the word gochen over here and what says in Bereshit, where Hashem said to the serpent, you will walk on your belly. So that's why over here gochen also means snake. That's obvious. But why does Rashi explain it in such a way that, uh, you know, he walks bent low and then he falls on his belly? In, in fact, he doesn't explain anything about Al-Gachayin Chateilach, where Hashem said it to the snake. He doesn't say anything about what it means that he'll walk Al-Gachayin But over here, he finds it necessary to explain that it means bent low and then falling on his belly. Why doesn't he explain it back there in Bereshus, where it comes up the first time? And uh, the simple question is, why doesn't Rashi accept what the Targum says, that it means walking on his belly in a simple way? Why does he have to talk about bent low and then falling on his belly? What is the meaning of that? Then Rashi goes on to explain that the word kol, everyone that walks, means to include also earthworms, which is similar, to anything similar to what is similar to earthworm is similar to the snake, and anything that's similar to the earthworm. Then, so we have to understand about this also. How does Rashi know that it means to include the earthworm and things which are similar to the earthworm? Maybe it only includes the earthworm alone. Then Rashi goes on to explain Arba, the one, the sheritz that walks on four and says, this is referring to the scorpion, which is the only sheritz which walks on four. And then the word kol, the next Rashi, Rashi says kol, what does that mean? It means to include the beetle which is similar to the uh, similar to the scorpion because the beetle also walks on four even though it has two two other legs at, towards its front towards its head which don't really serve so much in walking as uh, the mafarshim explained and then and anything similar to the beetle so again the same question how does you know it includes also similar to the beetle maybe it only explain it uh, compares only includes the beetle then Rashi goes on to explain the next word, Marber the one of a sheritz of many legs, and it says this is referring to the nadol, and uh, which he at the end he says means a centipede. It's a, and he explains it in detail that it's a, uh, a bug or a, an insect which has many legs from its head all the way down to its leg, legs on both sides to its tail actually, not to its legs from its head to its tail, and it has it on both sides of the body called a centipede and he doesn't explain anything about coal what does coal mean to include all of a sudden he doesn't explain coal we have to understand why not so to explain all this <coughs> the uh, clearly the Pasuk is talking about a snake and a scorpion because it says gochain, which is a, re- a reference back to gochaincha. so we understand that the Pasuk is talking about a snake and Halarba, the walks, walks on four can only mean the Akrov, can only mean the scorpion, because it's the only one of the Shratzim, of these crawling vermin that walks on four. 
Incidentally, the many ask the question that it seems today we see scorpions and they have eight legs. So what exactly does it mean? But this is clear. The Gemara says that this is referring to the Akrov. So there is some answer. I'm not sure what it is. But the question is, if the Pasig is talking about the snake and the scorpion, why doesn't he say the snake and the scorpion? Why does he uh, describe features about it? The one that walks bent over and then falls on his belly and the one that walks on four. Why don't you just say, don't eat the snake, don't eat the scorpion. This question doesn't come up about a centipede, which is the word nadal never appears anywhere in the Pasuk, in the Chumash or in Tanakh. And therefore it has to describe what it is, because you wouldn't know the word nadal without knowing the description of what it is. So the title only gives the description. But the snake and the scorpion are well-known uh, words in the Torah, and therefore why didn't he just use the name of the Sheretz to describe it? Therefore we must say, says Rashi, that the Torah is not saying that a, a snake and, and kol would mean all snakes. That's what it would mean. If it said the snake, kol nochash would mean every category of snake, every type of snake. The Torah is trying to say that there is a certain feature about the snake which is what, uh, what he wants to describe. The fact that it walks bent over and then eventually on its belly. And that anything similar to that feature of the snake should not be eaten. Because there are many features that a, a snake has. Uh, you would say that anything that has a forked tongue you're not allowed to eat. Or anything that can't hear you're not allowed to eat. Because that's, that's another thing. Those are other features about the snake. So the Torah is telling us that it's the issue is what I'm describing, that it, works, it walks bent over and then slithers on its belly, and that's why what's to be compared? Earthworms. Because all the other things, the earthworms, wouldn't be compared to the snake. So that's the important feature. The same with the akrav. There are many things that you could say about an akrav. I don't know too many of them, but you could say other features about it. The Torah tells you the fact that it walks on four, that's the important feature, and therefore anything, all of them, is inclusive of other things which are similar to it in that way, that they also walk on four, which happens to be the beetle, which walks on four even though it has six legs, and that's why it's only similar, but not exactly. And that's why Rashi doesn't explain, accept the uh, Targum's meaning of the word Gochen, that it means that it walks on its belly, because then... All it means is that anything that walks on its belly is, is, you cannot be eaten, which of course would have included already by default the snake and the, uh, and the earthworm. And therefore that would have been all the Torah has to say. Therefore Rashi says, no, since the Torah tells us kol in such a way, it, gochen must mean something else. Not that it walks on its belly. It means that it starts by walking b- bent low. And then it falls on its belly and therefore it needs to say kol that anything which is similar at least in the way that it walks on its belly is included that explains also why Rashi doesn't have to explain the kol in regards to the uh, in regards to the centipede in regards to the snake and the scorpion the question is what is coming to be included if it's what walks bent over and by the scorpion, the one that walks on four, since there is no other sheretz that has a similar, has a similar feature, so then what else is being included in this word? So therefore Rashi has to say that it means something that is similar at least in some way to those features, which includes 
the fact that uh, in the case of the snake, the earthworm that slithers on its belly, even though it doesn't bend low first, and in the case of the akrab of the scorpion that it walks on, that the beetle walks on four, even though it has two other legs. But when it comes to the centipede, which the Torah calls the one of many legs, there are many, many other species of bugs and, and the worms, uh, not worms, of uh, bugs and insects, which have many legs. All other worms, besides for the akrav, have many legs, or have no legs like the snake. But So, kol marbaraglayim would obviously mean that besides for the centipede, which is known by the fact that it has many legs, the very word centipede means the, the, the insect of hundred legs. So therefore, obviously, the Pasuk is describing that one specifically. How do we know that? Because since it described Kol Helech Al Arba and Kol Helech Al Gachin, it seemed to be including many, but it's talking about a specific one. So also Kol Marber Al it would make sense to say that it's speaking about a specific, um, uh, specific insect, the centipede. But the word kol simply means to include anything which has many legs. And Rashi doesn't have to explain that. That's very obvious and it doesn't need any explanation. And therefore Rashi doesn't explain that. The Rebbe explains Ahira that we learn from this uh, Pasuk as well. <clears throat> Why does the Pasuk describe the snake as being bent low and then falling on its stomach? Why doesn't he simply describe the snake as walking on its belly? Why, does it, why do we have to know about the fact that it bends low and then falls on its belly? Because the Yetzirah is, the, the word snake is another reference to the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah never comes to a person and says, why don't you get down on your belly and walk on your belly? What does that mean spiritually? Get down and, uh, and be involved in the most lowest um, pleasures of the world, you know, the, the lowest elements of society. Get down there on the floor along with all the other vermin. Never come to a yid with that. What does he say? He says, bend your head downwards. What does it mean to have your head lifted upwards? It means, look up towards Hashem. And then you will be prevented from getting down on the floor together with all the other vermin. But the Yetzirah starts with that. Bend, look down. Put your focus downward. Then he can lead you down the garden path until you're lying flat on your belly and, and, and eating the dirt. So therefore, the Torah says, in order to prevent getting down there, you first have to, don't allow him to get you even to bend low. Don't even allow him to look downwards. You keep your mind on the study of Torah, any type of Torah, but certainly Chesidus, which is a direct knowledge of Hashem. That will prevent you from falling on your belly. Another thing he says is that um, the, the way to counter the Yetzirah, the Nachash, is not only to destroy him and to wipe him out, but it's also to elevate the Nachash. The way that we elevate the Nachash is to reveal to the Nachash that he, he has, even the Nachash has a source in holiness. We know that the Gemara says that the Nachash, the, the Yetzirah, intended L'Shem Shamayim. Meaning to say by Eev, when he was telling Hashem, you should test Eev and put him through all kinds of uh, terrible things, the Yetzirah really did it L'Shem Shemayim because he didn't want, he wanted Hashem to see that the Yidin also are dedicated to Hashem. He didn't want Eev, which was a Goy, to get too much of a position of favor by Hashem. That was his intention. So we see that the Yetzirah also has a side, a Ketusha side to him. He comes from Ketusha. 
And by Moshe Rabbeinu, when he made, when he needed the Yidin to look upwards, when they were bit by the snake, so he made a copper snake that which lifted the Yidin up uh, upwards, meaning to say that the snake also had a source that it has a, a use that it makes the Yidin look upwards towards Hashem. This is because the serpent even has a source in kedusha. And we have to bring together the negative side of the snake that to reveal to him, to bring it together with and make peace between the upper element of the snake, its source in Kedusha, and its lower element. And through this we can elevate the, the, uh, the serpent as well. And this is accomplished through the word Gochain. In the word Gochain, the Gemara says, there's a large Vav that is in the word Gochain. It goes higher than the line. Why? Because as the Gemara says that the first that that is the center of the Torah as far as letters are concerned. If you count the letters of the Torah, there is an equal amount up to the vav of Gochen and an equal amount after the vav of Gochen. The vav of Gochen, its purpose is to bring together the first letters of the Torah and the second letters of the Torah. The first letters represent Gvura, and then it goes on to Chesed. So we have to bring together the Gvura and the Chesed. This is accomplished through the Vav of Gochen. Because first of all, the letters of the Torah have a special a depth to them, which transcends even the words and the paragraphs of Torah, the, because, the sentences of Torah, because the sentences of Torah have Seichel. There is a certain understanding. It means something. Though even a word means something, but a letter has no independent meaning. So what is the letter of a Torah? That is clear to us that its only, tr- its only meaning is that it's the word of Hashem. It's a letter which the to put into the Hashem, to the Torah. So it re- represents unadulterated godliness. There's nothing to understand there other than that it is Hashem's word. So it represents the very depth of the Torah. And the center is, the Gvav of the Gochen is what brings together in the highest levels the chesed and the gevura because the vav of gochen penetrates all the way upwards above the line into the essence to the, what goes beyond the histalshulus uh, it goes up to keser above the line and that's where it's sourced that's where it comes from that's where it, it reaches to so therefore it's able to bring together the upper elements and the lower elements and to make peace between them